welcome to another energizing, resetting episode <laughs> of We Only Look Thin. I am one of your hosts, Donald Weigel, and I have lost about 100 pounds. And with me, as always, is... Catherine Weigel, Catherine with a C. I oh, am yeah. also one of your hosts. I am a Tiny Habit Certified Coach, and I am certifiably excited about this Ooh, third installment. Man, of... that was a professional transition right oh, there. Oh, yeah. thanks. No, thanks really, for giving me was, immediate feedback. That I really was good appreciate stuff. that. Um, and uh, this is the third part of our series on navigating adult ADHD with Catherine with a K. Sanders. <laughs> Catherine with a C and Catherine with a K set aside their uh, alphabetical differences for <laughs> I like for that. an amount of time uh, and did a Zoom on Walt Place. Yep. Walt Place, We Only Look Thin Place, is our weight loss accountability group for women based on Facebook. It is not a weight loss plan, but it is a place for support and accountability and also really interesting Zoom meetings with uh, fellow members of Walt Place. Yes, indeed. And and some of them even have uh, Scottish accents. They do. And she did case. not manufacture that accent. No. Just so that you could tell who was whom. Is that yeah. what it is? Whom yeah. Was whom? Who, who was whom and whom was, was what. And, <laughs> um, you, you know, we've all known those people that they move to a new place. And, like, and <laughs> with, get the accent. Within days have the I, accent. <laughs> I am really bad at that. I totally take up accents really quickly. I'm not uh, – not, not – not a great chameleon, but I do it anyway. Yeah, hopefully my father won't mind me saying this, but like he likes to tell talk about my uncle moved from Pennsylvania where he had lived his whole life uh, down to Georgia and within like an hour was speaking with a like it was saying y'all and like had the full southern accent Could and have the whole been thing. On hee-haw. It just <laughs> yeah. happened. But I'm like that too, but it's fine. But Catherine is bona fide. We yeah. have we have uh, we ha- we know that. Absolutely. And she is also a bona fide ADHD coach um and uh, she is is uh, you can reach her at her website, lightbulbadhd.com. And um, if you want more information about that. Um, but this is the third part of our uh, of our Zoom call uh, from Walt Place, where uh, the first couple of parts, she did a presentation. She took uh, some questions and answers. This is all uh, Q&A from Walt Place members, uh, this part of it. Yeah, and I think one of the great things about Walt Place, I, I, you know what? Fine, this is an advertisement for Walt Place. What yeah. are you going to do? Here yeah, it comes. Exactly. Uh, is that it's oftentimes in weight loss, it's not just about the weight loss. It's about all the other things that we're dealing with in life as we get older and, you know, figuring out ourselves and figuring out what works for us and doesn't. And Catherine brings up just a lot of great uh, details and information on how ADHD brains are different than uh, neuronormal. I don't know what normos are called. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> but like everyone processes things differently. And the more strain and stress we feel around what we consider our shortcomings, the harder it is to adapt. And Catherine really does a great job of answering questions from members of the group, uh, talking about navigating friendship, staying organized, and having some self-compassion too, which I think is really hard for all of us, whether you have ADHD or not. Yeah. And I've said this the last couple of weeks. I don't I don't think I have ADHD, but there's so many valuable um, pieces of advice in this episode that I think apply to everyone, whether you have ADHD or not. And I think that one of the things that I've learned over the years is that many people, and myself included, for most of my life, think about uh, you know your health and fitness goals as being, well, if somebody just gives me the right 
recipes right. and tells me what to eat when and tells me what exercises to do when, I will achieve it. And we leave out the giant part about mindset and about life getting in the yeah. way and all of the things that contribute to, you know, sabotaging those things, including yourself, including all the lies you tell to yourself. And we don't talk enough about the mindset, um, unless you're Catherine unless and I. You're, it's, it's, it's <laughs> we talk, we, we talk about mindset all the time. Um, and I think that this is another aspect of that. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's very valuable to me to hear. And I uh, think it will be for you, too. Yeah. So please enjoy this third and final installment in our conversation with Catherine. And Catherine, thank you again so much for bringing your wealth of knowledge and experience to the group. We truly appreciate it. And we hope uh, our listeners enjoy this final episode. We sure do. Enjoy. Yeah. Um, the next question's about overstimulation and feeling, oh, and I read that and I just thought, oh, I feel that. I just, I feel it kind of in here. And um this this screams boundaries and needs to me. Um, we all have different boundaries and we all have different needs and clearly they are not being met. This dear person needs space, mental, physical, emotional space, because at the moment there's a lot of emotional dysregulation and that's um, being exacerbated by our highly sensitive nature to other people's energy and their needs because we care we care so much as um, ADHDers we tend to be very empathetic and intuitive and pick up on the energy of other people I don't do a lot of woo but this feels true for me I pick up on the energy of other people so living with a hormonal 14 year old is so much fun um and it just, you know, so I would suggest briefly in the short term for this person, emergency space. Look at your support team, enlist whoever, whatever you can and take a break every single day, every day, carve out 10, 15 minutes. It will not be long enough, but you need to start building in some space for yourself just to be and just to breathe and just to, you know, just to recharge. Um, if you can't do 10 minutes, I use the George Cow Energy Reboot and it takes me six breaths. Is it okay if I do it now, Catherine? So I'm going to yes. do it because it takes six breaths. Okay, so... I put my hands on my heart when nobody's looking because I'm 50 and I'm Scottish and that's just a bit embarrassing. I put my hands on my heart and I breathe in and I breathe in love. And then I breathe out gratitude. Then I breathe in guidance, which is always available from me or the universe. Then I breathe out thank you to whatever's brought me here, to myself, to my brain, to whoever's around me and I breathe in joy because there's always room for joy and joy gives me energy and then when I breathe out again I breathe out love and gratitude for the next thing that I'm going to go on to and that literally takes 30 seconds um, and it sounds completely it doesn't make sense to me why it should work, but it does work for me. It might not work for you. It's worth a try. Free, it's 30 seconds. 
The other thing I would talk about to this person is building in a pause. Uh, the power of the pause is something that we talk about a lot in ADHD coaching. We pause before we take action. We pause before we respond to an impulsive purchase. We pause before we try to, before we react to somebody. And we pause before we say yes to doing another thing or responding to a person's demand. That is a huge, that is a huge thing that, that huge, that permission to pause. Yes. I feel like so much in my life, people have super quick responses, hard opinions. And I don't, I never felt like I had the permission to say, I need to process this. It takes me four or five days to figure out why I'm upset about something and to get Mm -hmm. enough space from it because it's so raw. And giving ourselves permission to say, I need a moment on this. Um, also, for as, as someone with an extra needs child, one of the best pieces of advice that I got from our middle school, um, uh, uh, not president, uh, uh, per, uh, what are they called? Principals, was mm. when something shocking happens with your child, internet wise you know, things are happening that are just take time to process my, my emotional, like I go from zero to hundred percent panic in a second. And what the principal suggested was, and I know when you're in a classroom situation, you can't just say like, okay, later days, I'm going to go take a 10 minute walk. But before responding to a child, before responding to our daughter, she said, get away. Do not Mm do not respond immediately, take a breath, go take a five minute walk, look at some flowers, pick up a couple of rocks, see what they feel like in your hand. Never ricochet response to a big emotion because you need time to process it. And it's not going to serve anyone to fire back a, a big response immediately. And it is hard for me to do that, but stopping myself and saying, I don't know what to do right now. And so I, I know I need time to process this and step away from it instead of engaging immediately. But that permission to pause really helped me recognize that I don't process instantly. I need Mm -hmm. time. And I know as a teacher, as someone with a job where you can't walk away, where you're manning, you know, you're, you're managing phones or whatever, you can't just say, okay, I'm going to go take a random break. But that pause of like, hey, let's put our heads down on our desk for te- for 10 seconds. And, you know, and I, I, you know, I'm not a teacher, but I need a break for a moment. I'm going to take a minute, put your heads down on your desk, think about your favorite cereal, whatever, giving yourself that permission to pause, especially when you're overstimulated um, I, th- I think that 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 permission and the pausing is a, is a big thing. Yeah, and I think um, in that particular circumstance, when there's neurodivergent issues in the adult and the child, and guarantee there's at least a couple in the classroom as well, I would be doing some really deep thinking about what do I need to be well, to be the best person I can be? What what is my boundary around my need? And what am I tolerating on a daily basis that I can step away from? And I wish I could just give you a really quick answer. I really do. 
the quickest answer I can give you is breathe. Just breathe in, and it could just be breathe. One of the exercises I do is a compassion for caregivers meditation. And when you breathe in, you breathe in compassion for yourself, and you breathe out compassion for other people, but there's always another breath with more compassion for yourself. So you're always filling up your cup. You're always full of that gentle acceptance and compassion for yourself and your needs. And that allows you to share it with other people. There's there's so much, um, so much changes when we are compassionate to ourselves and our needs and understand our boundaries. So I I would say boundaries needs toleration and self-compassion yeah. are the, the the things that are jumping out at me and yes I wave my hands a lot because it's all kind of yeah no but, but that's a huge thing and I mean and one of the things with the tiny habit coaching is those prompts or those those sort of situations when I notice I'm feeling overwhelmed when I notice I'm spiraling and it's that is the prompt I will mm-hmm. take a moment and just put my hand on my heart and say like you know, you are here, you are present, whatever it is, take that, that deep breath of like, Mm -hmm. it's okay to be overwhelmed right now. It's okay to not know what to do right now. And validating our feelings, I think is really important in that. And, and, and that kindness, like, Hey, you're, you're worth caring about because if we don't leave any spoons for ourselves, if we don't fill up our battery, we're not going to be able to be there for those that we love. And the less weight we can carry, whether it's practicing, I know some people just want to like kick uh, something when I say like self-care because like, oh, that's super nice to have self-care. Like, and maybe that's just listening to a punk song or, you know, on the way to work or, you know, whatever it is, taking that moment for yourself. But the, the more I have been able to funnel what matters in my life and like that's not not posting much on social media, not really engaging in the global news, not yeah. engaging in in family drama of other adults who like can manage their own lives, and keeping my circle of um, of passion smaller. And it has helped me save more for myself and save more for those um, kids who don't know how to to regulate themselves like i'm i'm focusing on walt i'm focusing on the people who live in my house i'm focusing on my in-laws who uh are staying with us right now who need some extra care like that's my circle of control if someone else calls me from another state needing something this isn't the time i i don't have the bandwidth this is your issue what i'm controlling is right and whether it's your kids your students the you know the people for whom you give care like that circle of control is a lot smaller for me now i'm not worrying about you know saving the rainforest right now like i don't have the bandwidth other people can focus on that my circle is is yeah um i think that the next question about friendships and relationships i spend a lot of time alone and i'm lonely um this is a really difficult one for ADHDers and uh, autistics, wherever you are on the spectrum. Um, 
because we are hyper aware of rejection, whether that is actual or perceived. We are so aware of it. And our reaction to many people would look excessive, but it's real. And the converse is is the same for recognition. When we are recognized, appreciated, validated by other people, we feel so good. It feels so amazing. It just feels fantastic. So um, I I think I want to acknowledge that it's real. And um, one of the reasons that we end up lonely is because that roller coaster is so intense. Sometimes it's easier just to shut ourselves down and isolate. And I've done that. I don't have any friends in my country. Not one. I have a friend in Canada. I have one in Greece. Um, and I have acquaintances, but I don't have close friends. And that's because I find it up and down just too difficult. And yes, it is lonely. But at the same time, I need a lot of alone time to process things and manage things. So it, I don't feel like I have a neat, easy answer for this other than it's it's real. And um, from the perspective of your daily life, I would say, are you being friends with yourself first? Are you able to make friendships with other adults? Because it doesn't sound like there's enough time for yourself, never mind other people coming into your life. And friendship is a it's a complicated thing <laughs> with twos and fro's and um, you know, people asking things of you. Um and there's a real need for more compassion. So it sounds like you have really high standards for yourself about your behavior and your social behaviors and your interactions. And that is exhausting. So I kind of wonder if that is partly because you are, you're tired from previous struggles with friendships. You're not getting enough time in uh, alone time to recover anyway. And as much as you want company and want friendship and connection, at the moment, until you are feeling okay in yourself, I worry that that is it, that's making the friendships feel more dramatic than they are or could be. You know, well, if you feel well in yourself and balanced, it, it's going to be harder for a friend to upset you. Do you know what well, I mean? And and just to chime in. Um, if the person happens to be on the call and if the person wanted to chime in at all, they would be welcome to, but also if they did not want to, that is also fine. So, uh, so I will, I will pause for dramatic effect, but if the person would like to chime in, they are welcome. I, I hear what you're saying. And I totally agree with you that there's, there's times where I'm like feeling very isolated and I want that social connection and I reach out for it. And maybe I haven't spent a whole lot of time lately keeping that friendship going because I've been kind of in my own space, you know, and then I reach out for it and then something slighted would happen. I tell myself a story. I'm super sensitive to our interaction. So then I get offended and I overreact. And then I second guess my overreaction. And you're right. It's this roller coaster. 
Or when they then start wanting something from me, all of a sudden I'm like, oh no, I don't have time for that. So I, I, I understand. I, I'm, I, yeah, I struggle. It's, and well, sometimes not having those friendships, not having those relationships is just easier because nobody needs anything from me. There's no emotional roller coaster. I'm, I get to organize my time how I, how I like it. But then as soon as I decide that I'm going to do that, then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, nobody wants to spend time with me. Well, and I, I think too, part of that and part of those, like the scripts that we write, I have uh, a couple of friends who were in a sorority. And they go on girls trips, 20 of them to exotic locales, you know, all manner of whatever. I am much more of a like one person on a thing, but I feel at once uh, must be nice, jealous. Why am I not? Why don't I have 30 friends that I'm, you know, been friends with for 40 years? What's wrong with me that I can't manage big relationships? Someone recently said, I hate it when women become parents and then they disappear. Like, I just think that's so like rude. And I'm like, I am barely hanging on by a thread every day. And my bandwidth to like have extracurricular activities is infinite, you know, infinitesimal right now. And I feel like, okay, well, I should be able to do this. I should be able to have big relationships. I should be able to reach out, but it feels overwhelming. If I say, yes, let's hang out. They're going to ask if I can hang out again. And I don't know. Like, uh, that's that's way too much. Don't even talk about COVID and like, you uh, know, and having to regulate your own anxiety and depression, let alone your kids' emotions. Our daughter, I don't know which version we're going to get. If it's like the pleasant, fun kid. Or the one who's like, you know how many serial killers live in our neighborhood? Like, I don't know what she's going to say. So sometimes I avoid, not that she's actually said that, but I don't know what version of her we're getting or what Donald wants to, like, there's just so many factors going on at once. One thing I might suggest in that and something that I've noticed through the tiny habits is there are different kinds of habits. There are behaviors that are continual over time that are a consistent, you know, every day I'm going to do this. There are also one-time activities, and that might translate to interaction. There are interactions that take a lot of fostering and nurturing, and then there are short interactions that don't take as much emotional bandwidth. Taking a, a whole series of classes might be too much, but taking a one-time cooking class, that's a low-energy, low-commitment specific period of time and whether you do that with a friend and and again I mean we could go in 50 directions but is it are you looking for a continual consistent opportunity are you looking for light engagement that's kind of surface but it feeds your need to like interact because those are different kinds of needs for me I do well with surface like if, if I just get in some chatting and some quipping and some love, that's easier for me to emotionally manage than going down a rabbit hole of, of you know, oh, gosh, now this person's going to want to hang out every day. I'm not available for that. What if I let them down? So I, I making distinctions about the, the level of connection needed, whether it's 
I'm going to take a college class. I'm going to take an online class. I'm going to take a one-time class. I'm going to volunteer once a month. I'm going to volunteer every day. What level of commitment in this season do you need? Is it something that's an irregular meetup or a consistent? For me, a consistent weekly connection it feels like I'm drowning and choking. And but but like a one time is something that I could do. So perhaps that's something, and maybe there's a whole other Zoom we could do about having um, hobbies or making connections as an adult, because I know everybody needs a different amount of connection. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a big one. And I think adults making friends, it's really complicated. There's so many moving parts, you know, it's not just us. We can't just go when we feel like it so um what are your thoughts on adhd and anxiety as comorbidities um my thoughts are why wouldn't you be anxious um <laughs> hello the last four or five years um so seriously lots of adhders have anxiety and many have cptsd um after a lifetime of uh living in a neurotypical world. Life is baffling. It's stressful. We're constantly told we're not paying attention. We're not remembering stuff. We're not organized enough. Why can't you do this? You, you, know, you just need to try harder. You just need to remember. You just need to apply yourself. If you do that over 40, 30, 40 years, you're going to end up with an anxious adult. Um, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety, which is now under control. Um, but it was a free-floating thing that came out in uh, OCD and phobias, eating disorder, depression, you name it, it would kind of come out. And whenever I'm not managing my life, whenever my life is, when I'm living in an inauthentic way, when my work and my values and my interests don't line up, it flares up again. Um, and I see it, it just happens. Um, so I have to be really careful what kind of work I take on. Um, my thought about anxiety and ADHD is that if you have a square peg and you try to smash it into a round hole, that peg is going to be traumatised and anxious. So you can recognise the need for a hole that fits the peg. Um, you can protect the peg while you do the work to reshape the hole. And you can accept the peg as it is and not try to bash it into something else. Um, for this particular person, I would check in with your doctor. Optimize your ADHD medication. Is it making you a bit wired? Okay, because that's one of the balancing acts. We need enough stimulation to focus, but just too much. And we get wired and nervous and your requirements will change. If you're losing weight, your dose might need to change. As you get older, you might need more or less. They might have changed the formulation. So there's a lot going on there. Um, there are anxiety medications which work better for people on the spectrum and with ADHD than others. Some antidepressants affect our hormones, which also impact our ADHD. Um, so that's really a medical question. But um, Miss Frizzle gives us some very good advice. She says to take chances, make mistakes and get messy. So get in there 
and investigate and see what works for you. And, you know, if you need to change your medication, you need to change what you're doing, then just experiment and see what works. Okay. Well, and and I, I think too, as part of that, we set these Mount Everest expectations instead. And I know, you know, the hackneyed, like, oh, one step, a journey, blah, blah, blah. But like, really just like, what is, what, what can I do right now? What's the smallest yeah. measure that I can do? And then celebrate that. Because if we say either I climb Everest today or I hide in a corner because I'm obviously not enough, like I, I deal with that. And and as someone who uh, I have not been diagnosed, but so much of this is resonating with me of like keep trying to keep that simplicity and celebrating small victories, I think is a big part of, you know, that kindness really does matter. Because if we're on the sidelines booing ourselves, if 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 I have a thousand steps to take and there are a hundred of me booing me along the way, you know, you know, the 18-year-old me, you're old, why are you going to bed at nine o'clock? That's stupid. You know, whatever potential version of myself and past version booing myself, that's not helpful. That's not helpful. And quieting all of that negativity, um, I think, is a is a big deal. So I know we're just on the last question. Uh, Catherine, thank you so much for uh, for sticking with me. Do you have time for that one last? I uh, do. I do. I have um, I have a couple of books. I'm just going to type them into the chat. Um, there are two books that give practical advice on organizing your home if you have ADHD. Um, this is the one I would get organizing solutions it has pictures it's so much easier to read and it separates it by room thank you god um you know the other one um order from chaos the everyday grind of staying organized it's good but if you just want something you can pick up when you're standing in the hallway you pick up that book and you look at it and you can immediately apply it so that's the one i would get for your house there's something really interesting going on there about overwhelm and playing catch up and reacting instead of proactively managing. Yes, it makes total sense um, because I think what's happening is there's a paradox of ADHD. Okay, We thrive on interest. We thrive on new things and sparklies and um, getting interested in things. But if our routine is unpredictable and we can't anticipate what's going to happen, that can very quickly turn into overwhelm and then we just shut down. So um, very briefly, I wanted to touch on ADHD and shutdown and paralysis because um, that's so common. And there's, you know, the TikTok's full of people lying on the sofa going, me and ADHD, and they're just lying there not moving. Um, and that's because what happens is we see everything all at once. Everything feels important. Um, we get distracted when we try to do one thing, but all the other things are still sitting there, especially if that other thing isn't interesting. Um, so there's a, there's a lot in this question. Uh, why can't we act rationally? Um, our self-judgment is clearly uh, in the building. Uh, we're judging ourselves very difficult very harshly for not being able to focus and do things. The emotions may be slightly turned up and overwhelming because we're not sure what's going to happen. We don't know when we're going to get called up. And that means we can't plan. We can't have any kind of regulation uh, in our homes, in our emotions. 
And sometimes we shut down because we misinterpret and mispredict sensory input as something negative and personal. So the cluttered children's room, oh my gosh, I'm not going to show you my room, but um, it, it kind of reflects what's going on in our life. And clutter doesn't mean things that are useless. It means anything that isn't supporting you and your best self. So it can be emotional overwhelm uh, when we get stuck in a response and we just get in this rumination and we can't get out of it. It can be cognitive hyperactivity. That's that's intellectual clutter when our brain just buzzes too much. It can be uh, sensory hypersensitivity. That's kind of sensory clutter and um, we just get too much information all at once so we experience life with the volume up at 11 all the time and we tend to maximize and struggle shifting from the big picture to the small picture so if you're trying to tidy your room we see the whole thing and it's really difficult just to focus on the desk and not the whole the whole room I would look at those books but to be honest, I think if it's a real problem, I would investigate getting a professional who's trained to work with neurodivergent people to help us get activated. Sometimes we need a body double in the space with us to help us take action and to actually get started. My mum, bless her, does that. Um, sometimes it helps. <laughs> sometimes it doesn't. But you just sometimes need somebody else to help you get started. Um, especially if your clutter or mess has got to the point where you can't find things that you need anymore and it's making you feel miserable because the visual noise is affecting your emotional state. Um, and what tends to happen is there are two kinds of people. There are people who do tiny habits and you do one shelf a day. You're like, I can do this shelf when I'm standing here. It'll take me five minutes. And you can set a five-minute timer and plow through it and then that's you for today or there are people who I call sprinters and you just blitz the whole house in one go and personally I'm a sprinter I struggle with doing small amounts of a job that I don't like every day I'd much rather just get it all done but if that's the case um, I would also recommend looking at a, a woman called Casey who does struggle care um, and Struggle Care is on Instagram and TikTok and she has her own website and she has workbooks and things that you can use. Um, and she's full if you're depressed, if you're neurodivergent, if you just find daily life a bit of a challenge. So that is what I would say about mess and clutter and overwhelm. But honestly, it's, it's kind of huge. So I hope those books are useful. And those are the ones that I would grab um, well, if you I can post them in the group as well. Also, I think with that, you know, and so much of what I've looked at for mm -hmm. eating choices, financial choices, emotional choices, is that so often we look to fix others of, you know, our, our daughter's room is like an actual liability. Like I, people need to sign waivers before they go in right now. I spent a lot of time in working with a therapist talking about how, you know, messy our daughter's room was and how much anxiety it brought me. And instead of what is my husband doing wrong? What is my child doing wrong? What are the neighbors doing wrong? 
deciding what I can control in my own space first. How can I make my breakfast meet my needs instead of worrying about my coworkers donut? Instead of worrying about how much, you know, my my coworker is running five miles a day. Must be nice to be him. Instead of just sitting there watching him run by, what small thing can I do for myself that would fill my cup? And give me the space and not that my coworker needs help with his five mile run, but the more I take care of myself, the more emotional availability I can have for other people and cleaning your own space, managing your own bedside table and not worrying about the pile that your spouse has or your, your kid has, um, you know, and, and like you said, Catherine, this is a huge, you know, I mean, each one could, could compound on itself, but the more I worry about what's happening on the news, something happened in Ohio. Oh my goodness. Okay, Catherine, you cannot, unless you're going to drive to Ohio right now, please stop thinking about Ohio. What can you do in your own home? And instead of procrastinating by worrying about other people's issues, deciding, you know what I can. And like you said, sprinting marathon, there's so many different kinds of people processing, but what can I focus on today? That's right in front of me. The good thing about the future is that it only happens one day at a time. And we don't have to figure out every aspect of our lives, perfect, you know, you know, okay, based on this one Zoom, everything's going to be sorted. Understanding (laughs) is part of it. And then deciding what small steps you're ready to take to make improvements for yourself. And that, that kindness, Catherine, that you were talking about of that, that compassion paired with a little bit of action. How are we not going to be paralyzed by it, but decide what we're ready to take on because we can't take everything on at once. Um, Mm. Even though everything feels urgent, worrying about, you know, our daughter graduates from high school in two years. Today is not the day to worry about buying her, you know, cutlery for whatever apartment she moves into. Like that, that's a future me problem, not a today me problem. And I know it's so hard when our brains have no conductor to prioritize all of those things and to decide what is actionable now and what can be pushed down the road. Um, Catherine, before I, I finish up, any final thoughts on on your end on, on all of this? I think for me, the, the most important thing that any of us can do is try to be more compassionate with ourselves. And when we are more compassionate and aware of our own needs and our own challenges, it becomes much easier to manage the demands from other people that we can't step away from. Because let's be realistic, it's just not possible for us to take a break when we need it all the time. But if we are able to step back and think, okay, how can I meet myself where I am right now what can I do to meet my needs today then we're going to have a much better chance of showing up for ourselves in our weight loss journey or our fitness journey and in our families um so yeah that's but yeah I hope it's been helpful I just feel like there's so much I could have said and didn't well (laughs) But but honestly, you know, I mean, thinking about us having done over 200 episodes, I still haven't said it all, you know, and trying to distill almost like you're at like a fancy restaurant where they 
they yeah. press a little watermelon, <laughs> a whole watermelon into like a one inch square of flavor. Yeah, There's so yeah. much to cover. And I know we're, we're just getting started with this. Um, Catherine, I so appreciate your insights, your expertise, um, and the thoughtfulness that you've put into this presentation and all of the answers that you've given to the questions here as questions are, you know, as all of this is happening, I'm sure there might be more questions also mm -hmm. in, um, in Walt Place. Um, Catherine, can you give your, maybe your, your website information or your email if anyone listening wants to get in touch with you? Absolutely. So my website is uh, www.lightbulbadhd, all one word, .com. And you can email me at admin at lightbulbadhd.com or there's a contact form on there. You can book a 20 minute chat with me. Absolutely no pressure. Just a chat just to see if we vibe because that's so important. And um, I'm on Instagram at ADHD underscore coach underscore Catherine with a K. So, uh oh, um, we're in a fight. There's a C and a K on the call. It's very, this, oh is, no. this is a big deal. <laughs> um, well, thank you for that. So I'm going to uh, to stop the recording for now, uh, but we'll keep going just a little bit more. Thank you so much for all of the time. I know that this has gone into a, a, a mega huge uh, <laughs> presentation. So thank you for all of yeah, the time and energy yeah. and focus that you put into this and for everyone joining today. So this whole process of being an adult is much more complicated than I thought it was of just like getting your own car and then, you know, being able to stay up as late as you wanted. And we're all processing so much in so many different perspectives. We're not losing weight in a vacuum. We're not managing our boundaries in a vacuum. Nothing is a simple, straight, you know, uh, just do it. None of this is just do it. Yeah. Working to understand how we process um, what our unique needs are is so critical. And uh, Catherine, thank you so much for the energy and the time that you've put into the presentation. Thank you everyone for being on the call today and for sharing um, really difficult. I mean, this isn't like, yeah. you know, chat at the, you know, coffee shop waiting in line conversations. These are deep yeah. uh, and, and can often be shameful yeah. uh, or bring up a lot of shame and guilt. And so, mm -hmm. so sharing this and asking the questions, I just so appreciate everyone being on the call today and, and Catherine for taking the time to process this. This is uh, so much of this resonated with me and I think uh, with, with the members of Walt too. So, so thank you for your time today and or this evening, depending on where you are in the world. Thank you so much for, for being on today. And that concludes our final interview episode with Catherine from yeah. lightbulbadhd.com. Uh, it is so crazy to me how a couple of weeks can go by and then I go back and listen to what we've said. I know. And there's so much information that I can go back to that I didn't even remember from uh, from before we recorded. So Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed what she said and really got a lot of value out of what she said about handling loneliness. And, um, you know, I think that those I, I'm going to link to those books in the show note, those books about staying organized that she talks about. Like, I feel like even if you don't have ADHD, you know, you can use some of those techniques. And I really, really like the thing she said about, you know, you can accept a peg 
as it is and yeah. you don't have to smash it into something else. Like I know, I know, you know, don't try and, you know, jam a round peg into a square hole is like the whole or a square peg into a round hole is like the old expression. But, you know, you don't have to try and smash a peg into something else, like accept it the way it is. And I think that that's important, you know, regardless of whether you have ADHD or not. Yeah. And I mean, and to be honest, you know, we talked about tiny habits versus sprinters. And though I am a tiny habit certified coach, that is not my entire world. That is not how I lost weight. I look to other methods, you know, Gretchen Rubin's constructs and other, you know, the five love languages and lots of different ways to look at ourselves. And I think the more we understand ourselves and the more, I mean, we've, we've talked about it before about that, like sort of patchwork that makes up our plans and our unique views on weight loss. Donald and I do different things. We follow different programs, um, but we're there to support one another. And I think understanding that and knowing it's okay that you don't need to do things the same way as someone else. Yeah, is really, for sure. Really empowering because for so many years I thought, you know, if someone was like, well, I just followed this 21 day, blah, blah. And if I wasn't <laughs> yeah, compliant, exactly. then I was wrong. Yeah. And that's not it at all. Understanding yourself and really owning it matters so much. So, you know, Catherine gave so much great insights uh, to ADHD and managing uh, your unique circumstances the way that works best for you. And so I really just appreciate uh, all the wisdom she shared. Absolutely. And if uh, once again, if you're interested in uh, in coaching with her, you can find out more information at lightbulbadhd.com. And I uh, have a link to that in the show notes of all three episodes. Yep. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and the others. Uh, We really appreciate each and every one of you. It is really honestly satisfying to know that people out there are listening and getting something out of our episodes. It really means a lot to both of us. Um, And you can still find all of our episodes wherever you found this one and also at any time on our website, weonlylookthin.com. Yep, and if you are at weonlylookthin.com, you can click on the link for Join Our Support Group and find out more about Walt Place, We Only Look Thin Place, our weight loss accountability group based on Facebook. We are not a weight loss plan, but we are a place for support, accountability, check-ins, and really honest conversations about difficult subjects. We have Zoom meetings like this where we talk about tough issues and and fun issues. Sure, fun. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, We've got a newsletter and just, you know, great subgroups that we we uh, use for extra accountability in uh, food and activity and weight loss. Um, so find out more by clicking that link. We have two subscription options, a monthly option with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Walt Place is right for you. And I really think that it's Zooms like this that set this group apart from a lot of other online groups. Like a lot of groups, it's, it's you know, entirely text-based and you never have a chance to actually talk with other people in the group. And, you know, your the Zooms that you hold really allow people to do that. Yeah, I prefer if other people talk, frankly, if I'm being... <laughs> Very honest. <laughs> I could make a joke about we'd all prefer for other people to talk, but I won't do it. I won't make that joke right now. Uh, if you would like to interact with us in other ways, you can also find us on the social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at We Only Look Thin. And you can also type out an email if that is your preference. Uh, we enjoy episode suggestions. We like uh, uh, questions. We like like compliments and you can do that to we only look thin at gmail.com. 
Yep. And if you have a spare extra couple of minutes and can head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and a review, we would so appreciate it. We have gotten so many great uh, five-star reviews and actual typed reviews too recently. And we I promise you we read every single one and so appreciate them. Not only does it boost our mood, but it also helps others find our podcast when they are searching for uh, inspirational podcasts like this. Yes, indeed. You know, and I've heard some people wish they could leave us six stars. I don't know when Apple's going to fix that and make it six stars, but uh, but hopefully they will soon. Um, and if you would do us another favor, or if you, uh, you know, just happen to be around somebody and they say, hey, uh, you know, I could use some advice on uh, health and fitness, you might recommend our podcast to them. Uh, if you think you know somebody who might enjoy us, uh, just give them the word because word of mouth is one of the best ways that the show grows. They hear it from you. And, uh, you know, you're a trustworthy uh, individual <laughs> who gives good advice. They'll take your advice and start listening to the show, and we would appreciate it. Conversely, if you are sending us a strongly worded email requesting a fourth installment of the episode <laughs> with Catherine, just remember that Catherine, Donald, and I are an, an inspiration. inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. <laughs>